Yep, so Ephesians chapter 2, verses 17 to 22. Give you a couple of seconds to flip over there. All right, I'll pick it up in verse 17. Reading from the uh, English Standard Version, and this is the Word of God. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. And we are so happy that you are here with us. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, Peter, Daniel and I, we have a lot of fun working together. Um, and so very thankful that you're here. Uh, well, welcome again to church. Uh, welcome to Kingsway. Uh, you're here at church. But what, what, what are we doing? Right, well, what, what is church? Right, why do we gather? Right, what's the main focus here as we sit here week after week? Right, that's kind of what we're trying to answer here uh, with this next series that we're jumping into. Right, this next series is called Blueprints. Isn't that cool? Yeah, we've got a great design team. Um, what is church? What does it do? What are the main things we at Kingsway focus on? Right? We're going to try to tackle some of these questions over the next six weeks. Right, so today is more of an introductory uh, sermon. I'm just going to flesh out some with broad strokes uh, what the church is. And then from next week for the five weeks after next week, we're going to look at what the church does. Right? Specifically at Kingsway, there are five main things that we focus on, five main areas. And you can say them in M's, or you can say them in G's, we'll say them in the G version. It's gather, grow, we give, go, or for the glory of God. Right? They're the five main things we're about. And so each week we're going to take one of these things and we're going to flesh it out. Right? What does it mean to gather as a church? Why is it important? What does it look like here at Kingsway? And hopefully each of us through this series will not just learn something about the church, but be invited to join in with the church, right? To take a step you know, closer to this community and be involved, right? That's our hope, our desire with this series. And today, I'm just going to begin by introducing, right? What's the church? And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, as we just heard. And in Ephesians chapter 2, there's three metaphors or images that are put forward to describe the church. And so I'm going to take each of these three metaphors and unpack them a little bit today. Okay, let's do that. Number one, the first image or metaphor is that we are citizens. Now, if you're a parent uh, with a young kid, uh, you might have seen this song Right, all throughout last year, right? If you watch ABC Kids, right? <laughs> okay, well, we, we watch ABC Kids. Well, Ruben watches ABC Kids. And throughout COVID, they kept playing this song, right? They had this montage, mishmash video of kids singing, you know, we are one. Do you know this song? Well, we are many. 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sing. You know, I'm from all the lands. We have to come. We share a dream and sing with one voice. I am, you are, we are Australia. Do we know this song? Right? This should be our anthem. It's a cool song. Um, like, we heard this so many times that, you know, we'd be walking around the home or we'd be driving the car and we'd just start singing this song. Right? That's how often they played it. And this song, I think, really captures the, the beauty of Australia. Now, one of the beautiful things about Australia is that we are a country of great diversity, where many people from all the lands have come to become, you know, one people. Right, as citizens of Australia, to call this place home, right, to make our future here, right, and to grow. Right, that's Australia. But this song, really, I, th- I think, I'm pretty sure, they just stole it from Ephesians chapter 2. Right? Because Ephesians chapter 2 says this exact same thing. Right? If you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17, it says, He, that's Jesus, Jesus came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. And so the peace that Jesus offers, it says, is to a whole bunch of different kinds of people, those who are near, but also those who are far off. And in context, what it's talking about is that it's not just for the Jewish people, but for the Gentiles. That is all different kinds of ethnicities, all different kinds of backgrounds from all over the place, right? We are many from all the lands of earth we come, right? That's what verse 17 is. And verse 18 This is the we are one. For through Jesus, we are able to have access in one spirit to the Father. Access in one spirit. We are able, as many, to come through Jesus, having the same spirit, united in the same Father. Though we're many, we are one. And then verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. Right? That, that's that song. The many from all the lands of the earth have come to share a common citizenship right, in Australia or in this passage as Christians. Right? I am. You are. We are citizens. Right? We are Christians. Right? That's what this passage is saying. Well, let's just pause for a moment and really sit on that metaphor, this, this idea that we are citizens. It's both interesting and important that the way Christians and the church are described is with citizens. Right? I don't know what citizenship you have. You know, I remember when um, my family became Australian citizens. I think I was 14. It was 28th of June, 1999. It wasn't that long ago. I was a teenager, but like, I, I don't remember much, to be honest. But what I do remember is, like, we went somewhere. It was pretty formal. Um, I think my parents had to stand up and say something, like some sort of oath. I um, mean, even though the, the memory is vague, what, what I remember is that it was a big deal. Right? It wasn't just something that you just do, you wake up and go, oh, I want to become a citizen of a country. It was a big deal, and there was a lot leading up to it. And the moment we became Australian citizens, a lot changed. In fact, you could say everything changed in our lives. Right? For you as well, if you were to change citizenship to Australia, or if you are an Australian citizen to another country, it's a big deal. You think very hard about it. Now, one aspect of why it's a big deal is because um, there are benefits. 
right? As an Australian citizen, there are benefits. Medicare, right? Hex, or we get to vote, or we get some of these things that you wouldn't get if you weren't a citizen of Australia. In a similar way, as a citizen of Christ, right, of God's kingdom, there are benefits we get now that we are a part of his kingdom. Right? We have Jesus, we have a relationship with God the Father, the Spirit lives within us, right? God is always there, he speaks to us, we can speak to him. Right? All of these things are benefits that we get. But it's more than that. You know, the reason why being a citizen of a country is such a big deal is because it's a change of identity. Right? It's a change of who you're saying you are. Right? You get to say and really mean, I am an Australian. Right? This is my country. This is my home. And that you know, president or prime minister, they're my leader. And these laws are laws I'm going to submit to. And the values and the cultures of this country, they're going to be mine. Right? And even though I'm a part of this country, this country is really going to be a part of me. And I'll shape this place, and this, shape, this place is going to shape me. And every other person that calls himself a citizen of this country is going to be my people. Right? All of that is encapsulated with becoming a citizen of a country. Right? It's a big deal. And that's the word and language used to describe Christians. To be a Christian is more than just to sit and take a seat on a Sunday. It's more than just going to an event. It's more than even a personal relationship with God. All of these things are very important. But to be a Christian is to become a citizen of God's kingdom. It's as if the moment you come to the Father through Jesus Christ, you have changed your citizenship from whatever country you're a citizen of to no longer be a citizen of earth and to become a citizen of heaven. Right, a citizen of God's kingdom. Right, if you could open up your passport you know, through the lens of, of Christ, instead of you know, citizen of Australia or whatever it says, it would say heaven or God's kingdom. But that's who you are. Through Jesus, you are a citizen of his kingdom. And now that kingdom is your home. That leader No president or prime minister is your leader. The king of kings is now your leader. And you submit to his laws, his values and cultures that he shows us in the scriptures, we embrace. And not only do we shape this place, God's kingdom, but he shapes us. And not only are we a part of his kingdom, but his kingdom is a part of us. And every other person who says that they are a citizen of that kingdom, they are my people. Right? All of that is entailed with being a citizen of God's kingdom. Ever since the first chapter of Genesis, God has been gathering to himself a people, a nation. Right? We see that in the Old Testament through the Israelites. And God is still doing the same thing today, even though it looks slightly different. God is gathering to himself his people, his nation, his kingdom We are a part of that kingdom as Christians. That's what 1 Peter says. This is a New Testament passage, but it uses Old Testament language to describe Christians today. Peter says, you are a chosen race. We're not a race here today. We're, We're 
various races, right? Where we're not just, let's say, Korean, but we want to be Chinese, we want to be Caucasian, we want to be a whole bunch of different ethnicities. But Peter says you are a chosen race, and he's using that language because he wants to emphasize that we, though we don't live maybe in one locality, though we're not bound by borders, and we're scattered throughout all the world, Christians are like a, a nation, right? a country, God's people. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. A Christian is, is a citizen of his kingdom. It's a big deal. I don't, I don't know if you knew that's what you were signing up for when you said, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. You became a part of his kingdom. And where the local church, where, where you know, Kingsway fits into this, the way I like to describe it, is that the local church is an embassy for the Christian. You know, if you've ever been overseas to a foreign country, you know, when we used to do stuff like you know, travel and go on planes, if you've ever been overseas to a foreign country, uh, you feel like a fish out of water. Right? People have different language, they have different culture there, different values, they have a different leader and king. And a part of the excitement is going into a place where you, know, you feel like you don't belong and everything's new and wow, you guys do it that way and you, you eat that stuff, right? It's all new. But the moment you walk into an Australian embassy in that foreign country, suddenly it's like stepping into another world. It's like stepping back home. Because regardless of what kind of language everyone else speaks in that country, when you step into the Australian embassy, they're going to speak, you know, Aussie, right? <laughs> Whatever the Aussie, I won't, I won't say anything. Right? The, the Aussie slang and the, the language we use, they have Australian culture and values. Right? They obey by Australian law. Right? That's what it means to step into an Australian embassy. It's like being home, away from home. And Christians, we are people living in a foreign land. We don't belong here. As I explained before, we now have a different king, Jesus, different law, different culture, different values. And as we live in this world, we feel like fish out of water. But when we step into church, this is a home away from home. Until we go to be with the Father for all eternity, until we go home, that's our home, this place is the place where we find our people, where people speak our own language, right? The language of Scripture. Have the same values and cultures, where we can feel like we belong. That is the local church. It is our embassy as citizens of a home that we are not yet at. That we are people traveling through. We are sojourners, the Bible says. Right? Aliens who do not belong on earth. But here is a home away from home. One of the quick questions every Christian needs to answer is which local church will I call my home away from home? Every Christian needs to answer that. Because until we die... We're going to be surrounded by people who don't agree with the things we agree with, don't do the things that we do. And we need each other. That is the way God has wired us. And if you are a Christian today, I want you to think about that. 
Right? If you've been hopping around different churches, I want you to think about that. It doesn't have to be this church. But you need to land on a church. Right? You need that. God has made you for that. You need a home away from home. You know, at Kingsway, we're going to begin membership courses in the next couple of months. Right? It's the formal way for us to simply ask you, right, are you committed to Jesus? And are you going to commit then to this church? Right? And you can you may think about that as that pops up. But if you're not a Christian, of course you're welcome any Sunday. But that's what it means when you become a Christian, to become a part of God's kingdom and then to commit to a local church, right, an embassy. That's the first metaphor. We are citizens, and the church is the embassy of God. And the second is that the church is family. Verse 19 says, You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Members of the household of God. That's just another way of saying family. We are family here. This is a home God is the father, Jesus is our older brother, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ, right? All of that is language we find in the Bible. We're family, the Bible says. We're a church family, we're a faith family, we're family. Family is the closest community, the most intimate community we have in our lives, right? In an earthly perspective, right? There's nothing like family, We have the deepest love and the greatest care and the closest bonds in family. And even when it's not like that, we know it should be like that. Even when family, because of sin and and a broken world, is is a place of hurt and pain, we know deep down inside that it shouldn't be that way. Family should be the, the place of closest relationship, of greatest intimacy, of most love. That is family. And again, that is the language used here of Christians. We are family, members of the household of God. Right? I know that sounds a little maybe cultish right? to say we are family. You know, the early church was actually criticized for you know, being you know, too loving, right? as if they were weird to love each other so much and call each other brothers and sisters. And they were accused of you know, incest because they called each other brothers and sisters and they loved each other like, so much that people were like, oh, what's going on there? And yet that is a Christian church. We are family of great intimacy. We do life together, right? not just sit next to each other. There's an interesting scene in uh, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'll read from Mark because we're going through the Gospel of Mark. Jesus is teaching to a crowd. And then in verse 31, it says, And Jesus' mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him, and they called him. And the crowd was sitting around him, and they said to Jesus, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Verse 33, And Jesus answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Right at first glance, it seems like what Jesus is doing is really, really rude. Right? His, his mom and his brothers are there like, hey, can you, can, we want Jesus. And he's like, ignore them. They're, they're not, that's not my mom. They're not my bros. Right? The people who do the will of God, these are my brothers right? and sisters. 
But what Jesus is doing is not, not devaluing his biological family. We already know family is important. He's elevating the value of Christian community. He's saying this is how important this group is. That I'll compare it to, or even say it's more important than my biological family. Do you think about this group that way? This is my family. I'm doing life with these people. I'm going to open up my heart to these people. I'm going to be generous and give to these people. I need these people. That is the image of the church. The blood that ran down the cross is stronger than the blood that runs through our veins. That's what the Bible says. Don't misunderstand me. Family is messy. And church can get messy too. Right? We butt heads. We argue. Sometimes some people get on our nerves. Sometimes we fight. That's just part and parcel of family. Every family has its warts, its black sheep, the siblings that you're like, I wish I could trade you. <laughs> Every church has them too. Not, not that I want to trade any of you guys. <laughs> and maybe you've experienced that firsthand. Maybe that's why you're here. You've experienced the, the imperfection of church, the warts of church. You've, you've witnessed the, the hurt that you can go through in church. And the sad reality is, at least on this side of heaven, that's the way it's going to be. And we need to accept that to a degree and just love the people and grow together. Let me read a quote from Charles Spurgeon, an amazing quote. He said, If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. Right? If, I, if you're waiting for a perfect church, there's no such thing. That's what he's saying. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it. For it would not have been per, a perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. There's no such thing as a perfect church, but if you found it, you shouldn't join it because if you joined it, it would stop being perfect because you are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Right? A group of imperfect, sinful people getting together is not going to be perfect. There's going to be some butting of heads. There's going to be some rubbing of shoulders. Right? It's going to be tough at times. Church is imperfect, he says, but it's still the dearest place on earth. That's family. Family is imperfect, except it still matters to us despite its imperfection. That is what we have here on this side of heaven. And the thing about family is we accept that. We accept our siblings' imperfections. And the quicker we do, the quicker we can go about just loving them and helping them to be better. Right? As long as you're going to hate your sibling for their imperfections and their annoyances... There's going to be disunity. And you're not going to help each other grow. But if you accept each other, we might be able to grow together. And that's church. With family, you don't get to choose who's a part of your family. You don't pick your siblings out of a catalog. You don't get to go and exchange them or refund them even though you want to. Accept them. Love them. Grow them.
That's the same with family. That's the way it is with church. In Christ, we are family by blood, right? The blood of the cross. And we love each other because we are family. We're not family because we love each other. We love each other because we are family. Right? That's how family works. We're family. We're stuck together. If you're a Christian, we're going to spend eternity together. Okay? You can't get rid of me. I can't get rid of you. And sure, on earth, you can go to another church. But that one's going to be imperfect too. That one's going to be messy. Eventually, you just have to land on a church. Right? Make sure they preach the Bible. Make sure they make it about Jesus. Right? Understand and buy into the vision. Right? Those things might be different amongst churches. But what's the same is that it's going to be messy. It's going to be imperfect. And you just need to love the people there. What we cannot do is say, God, I'm going to follow you, but I'm not going to try this thing with church. I'm not, I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to give up on church. That's something we cannot do. That would be like a person who's adopted into a family and says to the father, I love you, but man, I hate your children. Right? And then that, that guy's not my brother. That girl's not my sister. Right? I'm not going to talk to them. I'm just going to stay in my room, and you and me, we're good, but I'm not good with them. You can't do that. That's not what it is to love the father, and that's not what it is to be a part of his family. You know, Pastor Daniel will talk more about this next week when he talks about gather. But the invitation for all of us is to not just be citizens of God's kingdom, but to be a part of this family. If you are a Christian, you're already a part of God's family, but which local church will you commit to? Right? Which local faith family will you be a part of? I invite you to be a part of this one. We're messed up. <laughs> no one laughed. <laughs> I'm messed up. That's okay. That's why you're invited, because you're messed up. I know that. But we love each other despite our flaws. And we want to grow together. I know that there's some of us here who are failing you. And maybe you've been church hopping because it's hard to find a perfect church. Give this place a go. Give it a good six months. Six months. Just, just jump into it. Go to our events. Get to know the people. Right, get to know how weird we are. You know, we're all right, I think, right, despite our flaws. It would be great to be family together. We've got events coming up. We've got a men's event coming up, a women's event. Great place to get to know you know, messy people. Maybe join a growth group. Right? We meet uh, throughout the week in small groups. You know, we want to do life together not just occupy the same space, right? Some families are like that. Your family, by title, but you just live in the same place, right? We want to do life together. Right? Would you be a part of this? You don't visit church. You belong to church. Anything less than that, 
unless it's temporary, anything less than belonging to a church is ungodly. Belong to church. Maybe this one. Number three. The third metaphor or image, and this one will be quicker, is temple. So we are citizens. This speaks to our identity, who we are. We are part of his kingdom. We are part of his people. He's our king. Submit to his laws, etc. We are family. This is community. This speaks to where we belong. And temple speaks to our activity. What do we do? Verse 20. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. If I just unpack that a bit, Jesus is like really the center of what we're about, the most important part, and we're built on right, the, the words and the teachings of the apostles, right? This is the Bible. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now the temple in the Old Testament was the focal point of the Israelites, you know, religious activity. It was really the center of you know, where they gathered because it was the place where God was said to dwell. So they'd come to the temple to meet with God. Now the problem was and is that we are sinners. And this is, again, a holy temple. God is holy. And so what they would do was they would make sacrifice. They would give offering. Right? They, they'd kill animals and shed its blood so that our blood won't be shed. Right? Because of our sin, our blood should be shed. But we're saying, look, this animal's blood is shed instead. Right? It's taken my sin temporarily. And then they would meet with God. Right? But that whole process and system was just insufficient. A lamb was dying for, you know, a human. And every time they'd sin, they'd have to go back and give sacrifice over and over again, right? We find that in the Old Testament. And that's exactly why Jesus came. Jesus came to be the better, final, complete sacrifice. We call him the Lamb of God because he's the perfect sacrifice for us. Not an animal, but a man in the place of mankind. And he shed his blood on the cross in our place. Right? So that if we put our faith in him, he will take away our sins. Right? Like it was in the Old Testament. That's why in verse 18 it says, Through Jesus we have access in one spirit to the Father. We put faith in Jesus and it's through him. Not because of you. Not because of what you've done. Not because of how good you are. Purely because of Jesus and what he's done. We can come to the Father. Now, Paul here, he takes that imagery and language of the temple, and now he says, we are the temple of God. And what he's saying is, in the Old Testament, God used to dwell in a building, but today, God dwells with his people. God is no longer confined to a place, one locality. But as long as people put their faith in Jesus, God is with them. God is with us. That's an amazing thing. People used to have to travel very, very far to go meet with God. And some of us, we traveled far to come to Hunter's Hill, right? But, you know, most of us, we just traveled 15 minutes. And God is right here with us. We don't have to go to, like, a holy place. God is not more there than here. 
or at a beach or at a park. That's that's, that's amazing. What doesn't change, however, is that God is holy. Even though we no longer have to be holy to be with God, we should be. We want to be. And Paul says we are a holy temple. We're growing into that. Being built together into a dwelling place for God. You see, as Christians, we don't have to be holy to be loved by Him. But because we are loved by Him, we want to be holy. Right? That's the way Christianity works. If you want a relationship with God the Father, you don't have to be holy. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be good enough. None of that matters anymore because of Jesus. But he's made a way for you. You don't have to be holy. But if you are a Christian, we want to be. Just like a child wants to please their father, we want to do what pleases him. Just like a citizen of a country wants to obey the laws of the land, we want to obey his laws. And as a part of the temple of God, church pursues holiness. We want to obey God, and we're trying to help each other do that. One of the main activities of the church and the Christian is to grow in holiness, to love and look like Jesus. Right, our mission statement is love the king. Right, that's free. It's available to us all by grace. Love the king, live his way. That's work. That's holiness. We're trying to obey Jesus and live the way he wants us to live. We do that in various ways. We sit through service as the scriptures are unpacked. We go to growth group. We pray together. We keep each other accountable. We apply what we learn. We do it organically as we meet for coffee or for lunch and speak into each other's lives. Right? He shows up in a whole different bunch of ways. But what we're about is not just being comfortable, not just here to sit and listen and maybe have a good laugh if there's a good story in the, in the sermon. We're here to grow in holiness. You know, your attitude should be different. You know, if you compare joining a gym or joining a knitting club. And one of those things is comfortable, easy, right, relaxing. And the other is hard work. I don't know which one you're going to pick is hard work. The gym is hard work. Okay? It's, it's hard work. It's tough. You know, you don't expect to go to a gym and see someone lying down on the bench press, eating Maccas. Right, I heard someone did that recently, actually. That kind of person should be shouted at, and that's what you'd expect. Someone will be like, hey, what are you doing? Get up, get to work. You're not here to relax. You're here to grow. You're here to put in the hard work. You're here to be stronger, better tomorrow than you are today. And church, amongst everything we are, is not a knitting club. We're not here just to have fun, even though we will. We're not here just to relax, even though sometimes we will. I mean, we can knit if we want to. But we are also growing in holiness. And that takes hard work. It means getting out of your comfort zone. It means discipline. It means pushing. It means sometimes the person next to you is going to shout in your ear to try harder. And all of that is because we love each other and we want to grow. 
we are here to put in the time and energy and have the hard conversations and make the hard decisions. Give up on things so that we can grow in our holiness. That's one of the things we're about. If you're not a Christian here, I just want you to know that's one of the things we're about. Now, if you're not a Christian, it's a bit different for you. If you're not a Christian, don't be holy. Just just believe. But if you are a Christian, because you believe, be holy. You are here to be holy, to grow in it. We are the temple of God. These are the three images that we find here in Ephesians 2. This is the church. We are citizens of God's kingdom. This is who we are. This is our identity. You're not whatever you are, Australian, Korean, Chinese, Indian. Overriding all of that is that you're a Christian. That is your identity. Church is a family. This community this is where we belong. Here is our embassy. We step into church, we find our people, our values, our cultures, all chasing after the king. And church is a holy temple. This is our activity. This is what we do. We are growing in holiness or trying to and trying to help each other along the way. God has created each of us to need each other. We need the church. It doesn't have to be this one, but it has to be one. And our hope is that through this series, you will learn a bit more about what the church does. But again, be invited to take a step closer in your commitment to a church. We'd love for it to be Kingsway, even though we're messy. But at the end of the day, I just want you to settle down into a church, a Bible-believing, gospel-centered church. Right, to commit to that family and commit to grow. Let me end uh, with the rest of that Charles Spurgeon quote, and then we'll pray. After talking about the imperfection of the church, he says this, As I have already said, the church is faulty. But that is no excuse for you not joining it if you are the Lord's, right? If you're a Christian, you should join a church. Nor need your own faults keep you back, for the church is not an institution for perfect people, but a sanctuary for sinners saved by grace, who, though they are saved, are still sinners, right? We're messy. And need all the help they can to derive from the sympathy and guidance from their fellow believers, The church is a nursery for God's weak children where they are nourished and grow strong. It is the fold for Christ's sheep, the home for Christ's family. That is what we hope to be. Family, a place where sinners can grow together, messy, loving each other, helping each other, a part of the kingdom of God. Let's close our eyes and let's pray. And as we spend a bit of time in prayer, you know, maybe, maybe you can just kind of think about one of the metaphors that we looked at today. 
right, that we are citizens, right? When you become a Christian, you, you become a citizen of his kingdom. He is now your leader. He has his laws, his values, his culture. And our identity has shifted. Our passport says our citizenship is in heaven. That is our home, his kingdom. And we gather in church because these are our people. A home away from home where people love the things we love, value the things we value. It is our embassy. Church is our family. Family is the closest community we have in our lives. And that is how church and Christians are described. Family is messy, imperfect, but we accept them the way they are and we love them so that we can grow together. Church is temple. We're not here to be comfortable. We're here to grow in holiness. It takes hard work, hard conversations, hard decisions, but we're here to grow together. I want us to take one of these things and just maybe reflect on your commitment to church. See if there's an area of your life where you can be more involved. Maybe there's something stopping you from committing to Kingsway. I want you to wrestle with that with God. Really reflect on that. My hope and my desire, right? The pastor's hope and desire is that you will be a part of this faith family. That you would join us in this journey through life, trying to figure out how we can follow Jesus, trying our best and often failing at following Jesus, encouraging and exhorting each other, doing life together, pushing each other beyond our comfort zone a little bit at a time so that we can grow to be more like Christ. I want you to be a part of this. And maybe, maybe you just need to make that choice. I just want us to spend a bit of time in prayer, reflect, come before God and take a step toward committing to His church. Let's pray.